I'm John Bomarito. It's Acoustic Alternatives from Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, a performance space, a recording space, a practice space. It's uh, get out of the garage and get into the studio is their motto. It's a place in Ypsilanti that if you have a band and you want to not annoy your neighbors, this is a great place to to move away from uh, that and just to put yourself in uh, a district that no one will go, hey, that's too loud. It's a great little spot that I've been using for about a year and a half, almost two years now for the podcast. And uh, the podcast has been put in place... uh, just like my radio show used to be, to allow me to have a space to expose music I think is worth hearing. And people that maybe aren't getting the attention they deserve sometimes, people like Glenn Phillips, who was here not long ago, maybe he doesn't need my help, but uh, (laughs) certain acts that uh, I believe in that I want to give a a larger voice to are in our musical community, whether they're Michigan Michigan artists or not. uh, Definitely, this is the reason I do it, is to make sure that I can find a spot to do what I used to do on the radio, and uh, I've been chasing this one down for almost a year now. <laughs> Julianne Ankley from Port Huron is here. Hello, Julianne. Hey, John. Thanks for having me in. This it, is a great space. Isn't it's really it? cool. It is pretty cool. I showed yeah. you the, the rooms in the other spaces in case you've got a show in the Ann Arbor Ipsy area that uh, you got. Oh, I got to get my band together for a couple hours of practice. This for would be sure, a good spot for that to, to uh, happen. So. Uh, Thanks for making the time. I know we've been uh, chasing this down just because schedules haven't really worked out. I was trying to make it not inconvenient for you. Like oh, you're going to so be in nice. the area at some point. I mean, you play <laughs> shows around here all the time. And this time it was, well, pretty soon you have a show in Livonia at the Trinity House, February 3rd. And you've got an appointment in the area. So let's let's line it up with that. So here we are. Perfect. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, your career from beginning to end. Not that it's over, uh, but <laughs> you're going to play some songs, and I think we'll jump into a song right away, if you okay, don't mind. Okay, sure. Uh, something old, something new. I think I'll start with uh, the first track off the new album. It's called uh, There's Still Time. It's just kind of a <laughs> fun way, because my career is not done yet. <laughs> no, man. <it's>, uh, <laughs> I heard what you've been doing since you set out on your own Made a beeline for your demons, left your baggage here at home Got a shackle on your ankle, but you don't feel that ball chain I know you're in there somewhere, but you're buried by the pain If you ever change your mind You might find what you've been missing But you don't ever take the time You've gone blind and you won't listen Should you come to your senses And all the stars align I'll be waiting Cause maybe there's still time I recall the person that you were before your fall Everybody loved you, now no one seems to call You wake up and the pounding of your head drowns out the noise Of your conscience trying to tell you maybe there's another choice could only listen to that little voice if you ever change your mind you might find what you've been missing but you don't ever take the time you've gone blind and you won't listen 
should you tear down those fences keeping you behind i'll be waiting cause maybe there's still time if you ever change your mind you might find what you've been missing but you don't ever take the time you've gone blind and you won't listen should you come to your senses and all the stars align i'll be waiting cause maybe there's still time i'll be waiting cause maybe there's still on mute myself <laughs> <laughs> you can find that i'm with love from lake here on the lead track from julian ankley and it's called there's still time julian yeah. ankley's in studio here at acoustic alternatives and i'm imagining that you wish you had put that cord for the headphone behind the guitar i sure <laughs> am yeah look at that i noticed that as you were playing like that's got to be in your way how is that not in your way <laughs> perfect now we're good to go there we there go we... <laughs> we got all set up and we're ready yeah. so let's back up a bit let's i i, I don't yeah. i I don't know how old you are, but I think we, you and I are about the same age. We grew up at the same time. I can just kind of tell because we have very similar everything. We're timeless. We're timeless. <laughs> so had you and I met in elementary school and we were friends, I bet we would have been friends. Uh, what, would, what would I have seen? What, what, what kind of stuff would we have done together? Well, we, I didn't. I sang everywhere I went all of the time. Really? That was like annoying to my uh, brothers, especially especially if they were watching TV. Um, but I, I sang all the time. I grew up on a cattle farm in the Thumb of Michigan, mm. um, and I showed horses. I spent most of my time in the horse pen. I absolutely was just crazy over horses from the time I was very little. And uh, it was just a really cool uh, country life. It was really awesome. Did you have hobbies besides horses and music? Was there like... Um, you know, I loved art. I drew. I drew all the time, did art. Um, it was just... The horses took all the time. You know, I was out... I was just out with them all the time. In fact, I remember there was <laughs> a couple different times. This would have been back before there was Dish Network or any of those types of things in the area. And I used to climb down the television antenna tower which was right outside my bedroom window at night <laughs> just to go hang out with my horses <laughs> now most girls would have done that to hang out with a boy no there were no boys in sight we lived on a dirt road and my cousins lived across the street um and they had three girls so there there was not a boy anywhere okay <laughs> so you grew up in the country which probably draws you to that kind of music which is yeah you know it's funny how life uh, just does circles sometimes because uh, my my father was very much into country music and had always been and my mother was um into pop music she had all the beatles records and motown and um the supremes and um a, a lot more pop music and um i feel like my tastes sort of ended up being a blend of that and then i had an older brother who was very much into rock he was into things like 
rock and like Ozzy and, and Aerosmith and, and a million other rock bands. So it's in plus growing up, you know, less than less than an hour from Detroit, we would listen to all the Detroit radio stations. So yeah, I think there's been a lot of influences in my music and I think that's why I like so many different types of music because I was used to hearing it all when I was growing up. Did you purchase music at that age? Did I you, did. Okay. What kind of stuff were you My buying? very first album that I purchased was the Bambi soundtrack. What? <laughs> I couldn't name a song on the Bambi soundtrack, and I have a 17,000 Oh, my albums. gosh. Drip, drip, drop, little April showers. Oh, yeah. I loved it. It was orchestra music. It was stunning. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the second album I purchased, I believe, was um, Andy Gibb, because I went to an Andy Gibb concert when I was 13. Okay. And after that, I don't even know. I mean, I still have some of the albums I had right. later on, from later on. But yeah, I, I like vinyl. Very good. I see that because <laughs> there's vinyl at the end of the table. Yeah, over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay, the influencers are many, and uh, the the influence of your surroundings uh, affects probably what you're writing about. I guess in a sense, mm-hmm. um, you don't. Do you immediately? gravitate towards that as a career choice as a high school student is that what you're planning as your i'm going to finish high school and i'm going to go into music is that is that your yeah, plan Yeah, that didn't work out for me at all no. um funny thing is um as much as i sang everywhere i went i did i was not comfortable singing in front of people i was very uncomfortable being the focus of attention in that kind of situation okay. And I remember uh, being in high school and my friends would all say, you have the best voice. Why are you not trying out for this? Why are you not doing this? And so I got all my courage up to try out for the high school choir. And I interviewed and I sang Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. (laughs) And I did not make it into the choir. And he said, I don't think you have the kind of voice it takes to be in the choir. And I was crushed. And I didn't understand that what he may have been, I'm trying to be nice, what he may have been trying to tell me is that I have a more of a performing type voice that is not, doesn't lend itself necessarily to choir. I don't think he was right. But, um, you know, it made me think that I wasn't good enough to sing for a very long time. Hmm. And it didn't help the fact that I didn't like getting in front of people anyway. Uh, So that didn't take hold until much later. I was in my 30s when I decided to uh, try anything vocally. I was probably closer to 40, actually. Hmm. And uh, I tried out for a local radio station vocal contest and I won, and then I tried out for another vocal contest on a, the state level, took me all the way to the state fair, and I came in second behind a man who used to tour with Prince. <laughs> but That's not fair. Well, <laughs> um, but what that did was the second place prize package was pretty great. Uh, it was a recording session, and it was a photo shoot, and it was a trip to Toronto to see The Lion King. Um, so I took those first two things and made a demo and shopped it out to some bands, and that's when it started. So, Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> that voice is amazing. Oh, love, thank you. I mean, I love your voice. There's no question about that. Is the thing that draws me to your music. Well, thank you. Um, I I don't want to make you self-conscious, but when you were singing the first song, I noticed that your eyes were fairly tightly closed. Is that mm-hmm. some of the, like, I would think that that confidence thing you just talked about is 
behind you now. But yeah. That almost, it, that almost lends me to think that maybe you're not there yet. Oh, yeah. No. You know, I think that's just something that I do because I like to get inside of the song. Okay. I, you know, I'm once I'm in there, it just... I can feel everything resonate within me, and I just naturally just close my eyes a lot of the times when I sing. Now. Other people do. <laughs> You're not the only person I've seen do it, but I just wondered if it was like, a, does she just not want to look at me? I thought I was no. today. <laughs> Plus, I'm easily distracted. I'd be, oh, look, there's a light over there. And Squirrel. then I forget, yeah, I forget my lyrics. And, you know, we don't want that. <laughs> no. So you didn't really start performing as a performer until, according to something I found in your backstory. After being a single mom, like yes. you, like you you found yourself in that position and finally started doing what you yes. I, what you were meant to be doing in my yes. opinion. Yes, I was a single mom when I started to sing, um, and and I was worried at first about um, how this would affect my family time wise. Um, but what I found was my children were all very, very supportive of me doing something like this, and my parents especially. Um, it was solely my parents and almost always my dad who would come and babysit the kids on Tuesday nights when I would drive all the way to Livonia for rehearsal. Hmm. Um, and they were very, very, and still continue to be extremely supportive of what I do, which makes it doable. You know, if you've got family support, that's a pretty wonderful thing. I agree. <laughs> well, now not only do you have family support, you have a Wikipedia page. That, that's, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Not a lot of people I talk to from what we would call our local music scene have their own Wikipedia page. Those are hard to do. They are. I tried to do one for somebody and they wouldn't let me. They, no. they canceled it. No. there. I have a wonderful friend named Jennifer Sherman who helps me. Well, I, she, she practically does run the whole uh, Facebook music page for me. Mm -hmm. I see everything and I we I comment on everything that I, you know, so I know what's going on. But if it wasn't for her doing that, I, I would be a little bit more behind the eight ball. She was the one that helped me get that Wikipedia page together. So, um yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun, you know, to say I have a Wikipedia You page. do. I mean, it's like being in the encyclopedia, but yeah. digitally. Yeah, exactly. I'm not in there. <laughs> I don't want to be. <laughs> so I know I've told you this, but the audience may or may not know this and may not care, but I'll just mention it anyway. Musically speaking, country isn't my thing, but this, this... This is a this is a thing of beauty. Oh, this is a great you. album. This is like there's at least four radio singles on there that should have been on the radio all the time. That's my heart pounding. Do you the, hear that? No, I, I, <laughs> and I've been like music industry guy since 1985 in some way, shape, or form. So I hope that that carries some weight. But this has Thank turned you. me into a well, maybe I do like country music. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's really it's a shame the rep that country music has gotten in. I can pinpoint several reasons why I think that has happened, but there's so much fantastic country music out there that, that no one sees unless you go deep looking for it. And um, I have some great co-writers on that album. Um, the song I just played was a co-write with Caleb Mullooly from the Gasoline Gypsies. Mm -hmm. I have Mike Deakle on there, who I wrote Gospel Truth with who uh, wrote for Kenny Rogers, Brantley Gilbert, um, and many others. Dave Gibson had six number ones. We've got a song on there. And also a woman who has been on your show with me before, Michelle Chenard, yeah. is on there too. Yeah. And then another friend who I met down in 2008 <laughs> standing in the rental car line at the airport named John D'Agostino, who was to go on and form um, his publishing company in Nashville 
demolition music and um, we've written some songs on there too so I, I feel fortunate so when you say that it tells me that all I did was I took the 12 best songs in my catalog and I said I'm going to put them all on one album and see what happens and I feel really good about that project. You should. It is a stunning piece of work. And I think, again, uh, there's there's plenty of reasons for if country radio could be more like this and less about trucks and drinking and whatever <laughs> else that I'm hearing. I mean, I don't really listen to the current country radio because I just don't like what I'm hearing. The, the subject matters aren't really what I'm interested in. This is relationships. This is people. This is this is life. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't live the, that life that I'm hearing in the other country songs, and this I can relate to. And and I think that's the most important thing uh, that writers, when when they reach that, it it's just resonates so much more with the listeners. If if they write something that they can feel or relate to, it resonates. You know, you can hear it in the song. Um, there's a different feel when the when the singer sings it. If they if they feel what they're doing Mm -hmm. and that was what i was gearing toward and i feel like we got there you got there and also (laughs) when i hear them in this form not with the full band they're stripped down and they're they could be a country song they could not be a country song right (laughs) it's just a song in this form without the band it's just a song yeah vocally i was i've been kind of racking my brain since i first really got into this album to go who if i had to if i had to say to somebody if you like x you will like julianne's album and it just came to me this week that maybe it's Jennifer Nettles. Oh, I maybe love her. That is, I think, the like closest thing I can think. If you're, if you're a fan of Jennifer, like that, that's sort of country in its own way and yeah. not country at the same time, right? Yeah. So that I think there's the fine line that you dance with. The, well, thank you. You could be there. And she has an album, a solo album. She works with one of your favorite people on, Brandy Carlisle, yeah. sings on that record. So. I just love her. She's something else. <laughs> no doubt about it. Not only is she a great singer, she's a great person. And I see her... Um, really, really honoring um, women of previous fame in music, whether it's country or folk or whatever. I mean, she's she's holding them up high and she saying, is. "Hey, you guys, don't forget about these fantastic people." And that that just that's awesome to me for sure. <laughs> Julianne Ankley is my guest today on Acoustic Alternatives from Grove Studios. She's got a show coming up in the very near future. If you're watching this when this debuts or listening to it online, February 3rd at Trinity House. A couple of other dates happening nearby: Sylvan Lake, Michigan, February 16th. You know what venue that is off the top of your head? It's called the Grill. Okay, in Sylvan Lake. Yeah. And then she'll be venturing out uh, of the state for some shows, Memphis, yeah. Tennessee, February 24th, and somewhere in North Carolina, March 11th. Yeah. So all over the place. Uh, yeah. How about another song? Sure, sure. Um, I wrote this with uh, during COVID with um, a fella, Mike Deacle is his name. He's from Georgia area, I believe. And um, Mike is just a wonderful writer. Um, and... When we were all home with COVID, we couldn't uh, get out and co-write with people in person. So I, I contacted him and I said, hey, Mike, what do you think about, you know, writing? And he said, well, I can't travel right now. And and I said, no, we can do FaceTime. And he said, I, I don't I don't know how to do that. And I said, it's simple. You just ask any grandkid that you know and they'll show you how to do it. So we did. And we wrote this song. And then I'm sad to say Mike passed within that year. He passed on. So... You know, I just, I'm, I feel so blessed that I had the opportunity to write this with him. And he was so kind, the kindest writer ever. So here we go. This is called The Gospel Truth.
I'm hearing rumors from barstool philosophers, church pew gossipers too. I'm sure you're hearing the same thing, baby. Not a single word is true. You know me better than that. They're just making up trash. I'm crazy about you, baby. You came along to save me. You That's the gospel truth. I can't stand it, babe, cause we're so happy. Can you believe what some people do? I don't give a damn what they say about us. All that matters is me and you I got my heart on my sleeve So glad you happened to me oh, oh, I'm crazy about you, baby You came along to save me You are my one and only Nothing but you You've given me That's, that song belongs on the radio. It really does. Such a great song. Your lips to God's ears. Uh, no one's listening with me and you right now, but it, it should happen. I mean, the album's not new anymore, but it's new if nobody's heard it before, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, that, you know, that is another thing that uh, was really kind of crazy about releasing an album during 2020 is... Yep, I got it out there, but uh, there was no place to play it. 
It was not. Just so, online. So we're taking the long way to promote this just a little bit. That's okay. Well worth it. <laughs> My guest today is Julianne Ankley, uh, drove in from Port Huron area where she lives and works. You have a day job too, somehow yeah. or another. That's still necessary, even though you've got all of the tools, all the talent, I think, to do this full time. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I was kind of examining the, you already talked about a few of your accolades, things that have happened, but uh like recent guest Jill Jack, who you've actually written into one of your songs, I believe, because it sure seems like you're writing about Jill when she's Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who has about 50 Detroit Music Awards. You've got 14-ish, is that yes. about right? Mm -hmm. Which is not too shabby, considering you don't actually live in the Detroit area. Well, no, but, uh, you know, they have a big the swath of <laughs> circle that they they claim they do it just seems it seems a little <laughs> i mean that's mostly where i do perform though. i know it just seems so. a little weird did did i see and the when i was kind of browsing for that lyle lovett announced your award for 2021 he did that was incredible <laughs> couldn't believe it <laughs> you didn't know that was coming I'm no sure. no i was sitting at home eating popcorn watching it and i'm like what <laughs> I love it. That was cool. That is pretty cool. <laughs> I also didn't know, and you mentioned it briefly as well, that I, for some reason I didn't know you painted. Yes, yes. In fact, uh, one of the covers of one of my albums is an actual painting that I've painted. Let's take the CD off of it yeah. and throw it to the camera. Oops, my hand's in the way. So, yeah, that's vivid. Um, that is a painting that I did. Um, it's a fun story because I knew what I wanted to name the album. We came up with that, me and my daughter, Rachel. And uh, as soon as we came up with a name, I'm like, oh, I know when I want the cover to be that painting. But I had sold that painting a long time before. And um, so I asked for it back for a little while so that I could take some photos of it. And uh, It's my painting. <laughs> yeah. So she she gladly let me do that. And then she, this woman had several homes and this was in one of the homes. And when she decided to sell one of those homes, she sent the painting back to me and said, it belongs with you. And oh. she gave it back to me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, So it's hanging on my wall and that's, it's never leaving again. That's great. <laughs> now, obviously you were doing that a little bit as a kid, but you're not selling those. When did you start doing it to actually like be part of the things you create and sell? Um, that was probably the beginning, right around 2000. I started just doing it um, just, and that was before I was actually into singing that I started, I resurrected my painting skills mm -hmm. and, um, started doing it and selling just things on the side here and there, just when people would ask. Um, but it was about, gosh, I'm going to say maybe 2017, 2017, somewhere around in there that I decided, okay, I'm going to make this a business and I'm actually going to do that. Um, my daughter helped me create a website and then I got more active by putting it on Instagram and those types of things and that's when it really started to gather attention um, and then during 2020 when we were home you know on our rogue year where <laughs> we all sat home I thought about okay every every artist as far as musician artist that is home right now is just waiting for that gate to open so when that gate opens we are all going to be competing for the same gigs, hardcore, more, more so than ever. Yep. And I thought about how can I, how can I make what I do different than what everybody else is doing? What, what kind of plan do I have in, in place? And I decided to do this tour um, out of state. I went down to North Carolina where I'd been doing a show once a year with a great bunch of people. Um, so I did a little art music tour together where I would go and set up all of my artwork around a room and then put on a concert in the middle of that. So 
and it was successful. I had um, a great guitar player by the name of Buddy Spear who did those shows with me, and it was very successful. So I'm definitely going to do that again. Here, perhaps. Yes, actually. <laughs> um, I did it one time at the um, uh, Huron Valley Council for the Arts. The, there's a art, the art gallery there, and okay. we, I've done shows in there with my art around me. But I'm doing a big one, um, actually not till January 24, at the Pix Theater in Lapeer, Michigan. They have hired us to do a concert in their theater, and there's an art gallery attached next door, and they want 50 of my pieces in there. Wow. So it'll be a big gallery show combined concert for me. So I'm glad I asked yeah, about that. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I, some of the work was beautiful. Not some Thank of it. It was you. all beautiful. Like the, <laughs> I was drawn to the landscapes, I guess is probably okay. the better way to say that. Thank you. Are there ones that people see the pictures of like I do and say, oh, I want to buy that one. Too bad it's sold. Yes. Yes. Um, also... I find that uh, the best way that I found to sell my paintings is just literally post them on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and then if people people like something or some particular piece resonates with them, I feel like they look at it for a while. They, they just decide. And I think that's true with all artwork. Um, I had a man drive all the way from Indiana to come pick up a painting before. Wow. And I've got pieces in South Africa, Alaska, the East Coast. Um, they're starting to get everywhere. Well, I have a suggestion for a merch item for you. Please. If you have popular paintings that people say, man, I wish I could have bought that one, turn them into puzzles. And Puzzle. sell puzzles. That's cool. Because you I've can done do note cards, no. but not puzzles. You can do puzzles, and they're you know, ah. like $40 to produce, sell the puzzle for, I don't know, whatever. Really? You can, okay. You can order as many as you want. They might even give you a bulk rate discount, because they've been asking hmm. about that for another project for something else. And... I thought about that when I was looking at your artwork. Like, her paintings would be really nice on these puzzles. So I like that, that idea. It could be something like else that. you sell at your merch table. So there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Got myself in the back. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So you've been releasing music since about 2009. you got an EP in that pile there in front of yes. you. Yes. Uh, 2011 as well, full-length album. How were those received initially as a new artist that, uh, you know, most of the time new artists don't get that much attention? Very well. Um, when I left my previous band, I didn't know what that was going to be like. Um you know, it was six people all doing things together. And this at this point, it became up to me to sort of take charge of everything and do that. Um, I recorded that first EP um, at Roscoe's place with Nolan Mendenhall producing it. And it's just a four-song EP, but that went on to be nominated for a Detroit Music Award. And they asked me to perform at the 2010 Detroit Music Awards, which cool. I did. And uh, backstage was um, Alto Reed was standing oh. backstage and I came off after doing the songs and he said who are you where have you been here's my card let's do some shows together for those who don't know who Alto Reed is played with Bob Seger's <laughs> band for years before he passed away yeah and um, so we did we did shows together wow. and he was so kind such wow. a wonderful guy so it was very cool that's really nice well, the newest album is your fourth, but it is the first one you produced, right? Yes, yes. It's no offense to the previous producers. No? It also sounds the best. Oh, thank you. It has the the most cohesive feel to it. Um, how much did you like doing that? Was it like, oh, I got to do that again? Or I liked it. Um, I was obsessive about it. Uh, every detail, every lyric, every everything. My daughter did all the photography for me on the whole album. Um, and I had a, um, a friend down in Nashville um, who did all of the uh, graphic design for me. 
um, and I would just walk with my headphones on and listen and listen and listen over and over again and just really make sure it was what I wanted. And as far as song arrangement, you know, it, the funny thing about song arrangement is it's such a questionable thing to even release a full album anymore because people aren't buying albums like they used to and it's very costly. So a lot of people are releasing singles, one song at a time. And so, you know, people have said recently that song order doesn't really matter. And and to me, it still does um, because some people still do buy a product. And beside, aside from all of that, I still want to tell a story. I still want to put them in an order where it feels like these uh, this felt good to listen to just listening to that. It's sort of like a seven, 10 course meal. You know, you start with this and you have an intermezzo somewhere and yeah. then you have something else later on. So it feels like that to me. <laughs> Regular listeners of this program have heard me say this probably a number of times, probably too many times, but I, I prefer a full album over a single. If you release a single, I might or might not buy it. Not that I don't yeah. want to, but I'll forget I have it. Yeah. An album I can pick up, I can hold, I can read, I can put in my car. And exactly. you know, there's a whole bunch of things that I can't do if you just release a single once every month. I'm just going to forget. I'm going to forget. I still like liners. I love yeah, to read the liner absolutely. notes and, and see what people are doing. And what, you know, there's where the, there's where the meat is, as far as I'm concerned. You you can listen to it, and you can see about it, too, at the exactly. same time. Who played on that? Who's that other voice I'm hearing? Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Who wrote that? Who did that? Yeah. yeah. Again, you and I are similarly <laughs> cut from the same cloth, and I like that about you. Thanks. <laughs> uh, We're a breed. We are a breed. <laughs> Not inbred, but a breed. <laughs> We were talking about country, so we got to be careful. <laughs> Sometimes when we have an incredible talent in our own backyard, it's hard to know how the public outside of our area perceives them. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm viewing with you. It's Is it lucrative to do the shows out of state? We mentioned the ones in Tennessee and North Carolina. Yes. You're only doing one-offs. You're not doing a full tour. No. So. Um, it, it's it's difficult to get traction. Um, I, the response is always good once I get them there. Um, but as I've said, my... my um, group of people who helps me isn't huge no. so uh, you know I, I have to pretty much rely on the people that are at the venue or friends that live in that area to help get people out but once they get there they all really like what they do and they stay what I do and they stay in touch so it's it's, it's always good to leave your place and see you know see how does this sound to someone that has never heard it before and the response is usually quite good it just seems like it wouldn't be worth it to fly or drive for one show and then turn around and come home. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, if you were going to base your career on making dollars, you wouldn't have started in the first place. <laughs> That's a good point. I've been in the music industry, as I mentioned, for a long time. It's not a, not a place to make money. It's not a straight path. No. No, um, no ma'am. But I guess you got to look at the whole, the whole theme of your life. What are you doing? You know, now I'm going to say... Within a month, that I've played in Memphis, Tennessee. I've played in North Carolina. And some of the best times I've ever had or epiphany moments have been on the road just driving. You just never know. So um, it's all about the life journey. You know, every, every time I get on a stage, no matter where it is, I sit and I think and I look down at the stage floor. And I just think, you, I say a little moment of thanks. I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful that I get to do this. And... I am supposed to be where I am right now. And that's 
what this journey is about for me. Keep doing it. <laughs> okay. From the bio, I noticed uh, something that also kind of painted a picture of how successful you might be perceived outside of our state. I'll just read it because it's not something I can paraphrase. But she's been the celebrity host and performer for the Hard Rock Cafe stages in Nashville during the CMA Fest for several years. How does one get to do that if you're not well known? <laughs> but that's cool. Continues to perform in Nashville's top songwriting venues, such as the world famous Bluebird Cafe, the Listening Room, Douglas Corner Cafe, and Tootsie's. So, I mean, that kind of stuff doesn't happen to no. everybody in our music community here. That's happening no. to you. So the perception, again, as I read that, is like, she's a big deal down there. <laughs> Sometimes. Ha having you be a, a, a celebrity host for something, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Well, I, I can actually take that back to when I met Alto Reed. Um, I did some shows with Alto Reed for a, for a summer. And then one of the, the shows that he did at the end of the year was the big one at the Fillmore, where he had everybody on the show. Mm -hmm. um, he had Mark Farner, Mitch Ryder. Um, I remember a, that, actually. A, of, a bunch of great Detroit artists were in on that show. and But one, one person stood out from the rest who was not from here, and that was Cowboy Troy um, from Big and Rich's band and he was a friend of Alto's and Alto wanted him on the show mm. so he brought Cowboy Troy in and we hit it off we just became great friends and we're still friends to this day and he said what are you doing here you should be down in Nashville you need to come down and make some noise down there and I'm like okay say when and he said come down and host these shows with me on the Hard Rock Cafe stage and nice. I said great well as it turned out just before I left he got called to um be on dancing with the stars and he couldn't do it at all so i had to do it by myself <laughs> hi you don't so, know who i am but <laughs> yeah so i did it for you know and they liked me so much that they brought me back for two more years that's so. awesome yeah well, fortuitous and you've got some pretty good uh, little opportunities that have come your way yeah it just keeps going if you just keep going you know? well i mean to me that sounds like success how would you define success definitely is yeah it, is it that is it the yeah. awards is it getting recognized in the street i mean i think success for me is if i write a song that resonates with somebody and they feel enough about it to tell me about it later there it is that's the thing did i make you feel something because i felt something and, you know, it's just about spreading the good energy. Just keep doing it. Do the people that you work with at your day job, like the people not to work with, but actually the customers, do they know what you do? They're like, probably oh. not the customers. Yeah. No, there's there's a few that do. My coworkers all do. Of course, because um, you're probably taking weird days <laughs> off. Like, yeah. she's gone again. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm pretty good about it. I try to schedule it around mostly. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they all know. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. It's a recording studio. Sometimes. I mean, I record here. Mostly a practice space for, for bands or solo artists or DJs even. Sometimes there's DJs in the room next to me. So if you're looking for a spot to do that in the Metro Detroit, Ipsy Ann Arbor area, it's a keypad operation open 24-7. And they've been gracious hosts to me since I started doing this podcast in the fall of 2020. My first guest was Chris Dupont, and he's actually going to be his, my next guest after you with Kylie Phillips. They're doing a project together, so I look forward to that one coming up uh, right after this one from Julian Inkley. And uh, you want to do another song before I ask more sure, questions? Sure, sure. What do you want to be doing this uh, time? Are you doing? I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm singing along in my head is what I'm doing. Let me think. Which one do I want to do? What do you want to hear, John? Well, you either do Why or the single that oh, you yeah. hadn't released yet that you were Let's with. do um, let's do why because I have a fun little story about about that one. Uh, I would like that. Fun I um, story. I was dropping my daughter off. I moved her to Brooklyn, New York, for her 
grown-up life to start. <laughs> and uh, I was driving home, and I was driving through the hills of Pennsylvania. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I noticed that um, the road had cracks in it that created a rhythm. And I just kept going along, and I realized, oh, that's a waltz. And uh, I just was thinking about songwriting, and I thought this is a perfect time to come up with something because you've got 12 hours to drive on this road. So <laughs> um, I just started thinking about um, when you when you write a song, a good place to start is the who, what, when, where, why. And I just thought I will uh, take that and run with it, and that's how I wrote this song. It's a breakup song. I'm aware of that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it went right to the cracks of the road, and by the time I got home, I had it pretty much almost all written. So <laughs> here we go. Let's see. Uh, now I'm thinking of my other song. I'm thinking of another song. Need the cool oh. Okay. I know you're leaving Don't take a psychic to see It's been plain for a while now Yeah, you know that ain't no mystery It leaves me asking questions That need to be said And a heart full of memories that I'd like to forget So let's start with the why that comes after goodbye Followed by the when, where, what am I gonna do with the rest of my life It leads me to how will I dry those tears I'm by Let's start with the why that always comes after goodbye. You're saying you're sorry. Well, I'm not one to disagree. And these things you call reasons sound more like excuses to me. You've been throwing out signals I don't think that I misread So why don't you spill it to me Straight up instead And just start with the why That comes after goodbye the rest of my life it leads me to how will I dry those tears I'm bound to cry let's start with the why that always comes after goodbye I know there are prayers that get left unanswered Oh, yes, I do. But, honey, we ain't got a prayer in hell tonight. So let's start with the why that comes after goodbye. 
to hell Well, I dry those tears, I'm bound to cry Let's start with the why That always comes after goodbye <laughs> Just start with the why that always comes after goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great song. That is a song Thank that should have been you. number one somewhere oh. somehow. I mean, that's I sing along to that one, thinking to myself, in twenty years she's gonna have a hard time singing this one because that's you got know some, it. that's got some notes. We're gonna have to drop that one in twenty no, years. Oh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Or maybe we'll get somebody else to sing it. I like that idea a whole lot. See that sometimes with the artists that can't hit those notes, they sing the main parts and then have somebody help them with them. I've seen but, that. Yeah, it happens. Even James I'm Taylor. Taking notes. Did it. Yeah. <laughs> I saw James Taylor do that actually. Did you? I did. Like, oh, he's not hitting those notes anymore. Yeah, you know, I I really in my mind when I was writing that, I thought, gosh, I, I want Kelly Clarkson to sing that one and just can you imagine what yeah. she would do with that? Yeah, Woo. can actually. Yeah. Well, I've heard this story about the rhythm before, but maybe on purpose you don't talk about the breakup part of that song. Is that? Oh, <laughs> is that not, a, not on anything that is um, recorded? Recorded. <laughs> okay. Well, then never mind. <laughs> but I did notice that on that back to back, you just did a beautiful love song and then a breakup song. So, yeah. You know, that's the roller coaster of life, and it's it's easy. <laughs> I imagine those are the easier things to write a song about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, relationships, I don't know. They just really tend to resonate with me um, vocally and musically. I, I feel like maybe when you, uh, I don't, I'm not going to bring any age things out there, but when you've lived around this earth for a little while, you, you have a few experiences with relationships. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah, we well, all do. <laughs> well, the song when, on the album that I've heard you tell the story, we're not going to probably have time for it today because I'm going to have you do a new one. The Ghost of the Fourth Gratiot Lighthouse yes. is a really cool story. And it, it's an example of a song on the album that is not a relationship yes. song. And I wonder, I mean, it's it is a lot easier to write the relationship songs. It's much harder to write something like Imagine or What's Going On mm -hmm. and a little less interesting to write something like The Cupid Shuffler, Mambo Number no. 5, which people like <laughs> want to dance to because yeah. there's like nothing to those songs lyrically. Right. But the comfort zone of relationships, like if you think about the more successful albums in the last decade, Adele's 21 was all yeah. a breakup album. I mean, yeah. Taylor Swift's albums are all, you know, relationship albums. So For sure. It, it may be... Like, imagine what's going on might be great songs and harder to write, but people relate to yes. why and gospel truth. So It's true. Um, Fort Crash at Light is one. Hallelujah of My Own is is another. Um, For sure, yeah. That I wrote with Michelle Chenard. Um, but Fort Crash at Light, um, I, love, I love that that story. I wrote that in like 2008 at, up at a John Lamb songwriter retreat in Harbor Springs. And I remember thinking, wow, the people really responded well to this. Um, and I played it out at my shows for a while, uh, but I had never recorded it until this most recent album. And partly that was because John invited me back to be an instructor again. Mm. And when I was doing the Saturday night show that he puts on up there, which I highly recommend you should go to, John. That's so cool. Um, he he said, I'm surprised you didn't do the Fort Gratiot Light. And I said, oh, my gosh, I forgot about that song. You know, and that, that started it all over again. And I thought, I need to resurrect that and put that on this album. And I did. It's so. a cool story. People can hear Thank that you. story if they show up at the Trinity House. I yes. bet you'll play it with the band. Yes. Full band show, Trinity House, February 3rd. We will. Can't forget that.
No, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Partially why you're here. Not only that, because we've been trying to chase you down for a year, but, but we had a reason this time. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we've talked a bit about you co-writing with some Nashville songwriters. Have, yes. Have any of them been recorded by other people that have been released? There's so many that are so close. Uh, you know, I think that is the one thing that I really have left that I want to do is <laughs> have another artist. Now that you've done this, you're, that's the last thing? Well, yeah, exactly. I just mean all the all the plates are up and spinning except for that one plate. I don't have that plate spinning yet. Um, I had a young independent artist cut a, cut a song once years and years ago, um, but... I don't think she ever released it commercially or anything, and I'm pitching a lot right now to bigger commercial artists, and to even speak it out loud is to jinx it. So okay. we're not going to do that. I, I just I want success <laughs> for you. I'm trying to find ways for you to Thank make you. this the only thing you do because this is what you should be doing. I love this. I love this with all my heart. It's the mm-hmm. thing that I think about when I wake up. Mm-hmm. It's the thing I think about when I go to bed. It's like, what what can I do? How can I move this ahead? How can I keep going what should I do you know and there's a million different aspects that you have to do every single day as a musical performer or a songwriter to Mm -hmm. keep everything going and it's it's phenomenal how many things you have to do it's crazy can't just be good at the songwriting (laughs) no no (laughs) a lot of things well have you written non-country songs I mean you've covered Brian Adams so it's in you obviously yeah I I I have written non-country um there's one song I can't even play it right now because no. I, I need a bass player to play it with me. But yes, it's very blues, very rock. Um, I have a couple of different people that I would love to hear do it, and I just need to get around to pitching it to them. So good luck. <laughs> Thanks. I was surprised to stumble into the Brian Adams song on, oh, on one of your yeah. records. I, I mean, I, to me, he and Jim Valance were great songwriters back Amazing. in their in their heyday. There was like four albums that were like, just about everything was brilliant. Yeah. Lennon and McCartney brilliant. I'm like, yeah. no one really recognizes that. Well, you know, if you want to look at things that are unrelated to Brian Adams' singing career, I mean, have you ever listened to the soundtrack from Spirit, the Stallion mm-hmm. of Cimarron? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. And, you know, he's written with Gretchen Peters. He writes with so many other writers. And he's got a lot of things out there that he's not releasing himself, but he's placing with other artists. And sure. He's an amazing writer. He's been, though, time-stamped now with Just Summer of 69 and yeah. maybe Everything I Do, I Do For You. And that's pretty much all people remember if they're right. from this, like, current kids. They don't, yeah. know, they don't know anything Unless about Unless they're seekers. You know, yeah. the, I think the best thing about the generation uh, coming up of music listeners are they're seekers of music. They're not just interested in what's played on terrestrial radio. They want to hear everything. They are looking everywhere for music. And I think that is what in part has allowed um, older performers to not go away. Um, They're still out there performing. And I don't think this is what has happened in previous decades. Uh, We didn't see elder or older performers. Willie Nelson's putting on a concert coming up, his 90th birthday concert. And he's got a lineup that is unbelievable at the Hollywood Bowl. Are you kidding me? Everybody respects him. Everybody respects him. Yeah. That's why. But he's still out there doing it. That's right. (laughs) Which is amazing to me. So (laughs) probably keeping him going. And and things like having Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill become a hit. Yes. How many years later with a completely different generation? How does that happen other than TV? But That made me cry when I heard that. I just thought, how cool is that that after all this time? I'm happy for her as well. Uh, As far as the songs that you've written, uh, people come up and talk to you at at shows, I'm sure afterwards go, oh, that song, I love that. 
how many of them are misinterpreted or what is your most misinterpreted song when they talk to you about <gasps> mm. like, oh, this song really resonates with me. And you're like, that's not what it's about. <laughs> well, okay. So there's a song that um, it's called He's Still My Boy mm-hmm. um, that I released, gosh, on my first, I think it's on the Vivid album. Yeah. It's on the Vivid or or it's on and Don't Let Go. It's on Don't Let Go, I think. Well, um, we'll find it. <laughs> Last song. 2015, is it mm. on there? It's on one of them. Yeah, anyway, one, yes, yes, okay. Yes. So um, I released it as a single first and then put it on that album. Um, and then I put it on YouTube. And I think it has uh, 72,000 hits on YouTube wow. from people all over the world. And it's never seen radio airplay once. Um, but people almost invariably think it's about my son. And it's not. It was. A, I did. Yeah, it was about my nephew. And <laughs> I wrote it for my sister-in-law. So <laughs> there you go. There's, there's. I would have that, to say that's, that's number one. That is the answer. I, I had me fooled. <laughs> so during the pandemic, you were doing some streams from home. How did that change your relationship with your fans? Oh, it 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 was a wonderful experience. It was terrifying and frustrating from the technological aspect. <laughs> uh, this is not my this is not my friend. We were learning things, all of us. <laughs> we were learning things and we were ordering a lot of things from Sweetwater. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, we, it, it definitely changed everything. It changed um, the way I relate to audiences. I didn't know they were so devoted and dedicated to music is, is when they would write to me afterwards and tell me, you've made such a difference in my day I was having such a hard time being home and and I think the relationships that I made during that time online have remained you know we still stay in touch and I, I think it was a wonderful thing it was a connection thing that I really enjoyed it's great it was I'm, cool yeah I mean we have to look at the positive because it was a bad thing to go through but yes there was something good oh there are many good things that. but yeah uh, in all of that devastation that we all received um I, we absolutely do have to look for the good things, and I ha- can say that I had a few. So, <laughs> Well, a musician I read uh, wrote this quote, or said this quote. If you make music, you're winning. Who said that? <laughs> I think that was me. That was you. And yes, <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah, I, don't I get do. To, I don't have the talent to make music, and I, and I just, it, it is my heart and soul. Like, without it, I would just, there's no well, sense of It shows, being. John, and, yeah. and we as musicians and artists wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for people like you and you. you you help us immensely with your support and it gives us fuel when, when we feel supported as artists we go back out and we're re-energized and we do more so we, we couldn't do it without you so thank you thank you but you're <laughs> winning because you're making music <laughs> I, I've noticed <laughs> Detroit TV likes to throw you up on on their uh, their news shows when you've got something coming up. How do you have like a a person that does those arrangings for you, or do you, you just do it all yourself? That's mostly your, me in your um, spare time. When when I released this album, um, I contacted Maddie Lee. Matt Lee um, helped me um, promote this album, but the rest of the time, that's just me. <laughs> Great job. I mean, that, those are not easy to get, as far as I know. No, they're not. Nope, they're not. That says um, a lot about. But people are looking at you and going, she's good enough, right? So, <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. On stage, do you ever feel like you've said something you wish you hadn't said? Mm. I mean, we've been pretty careful to not talk about the you know breakup song, what's about, the certain <laughs> things. You're dancing around things, which is fine. But uh-huh. do you ever say things you might regret later? <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I've said things that I regret. Sometimes I feel like my approach could have been a little better. 
you know, sometimes you just, you get tired and you get to the end and you just like, uh, I could have said that a little better, but, uh, yeah, I, I think about, I don't know if everybody else does this too or not, but when I'm driving home from a gig, I'm think I'm replaying everything back in my head. How did that go? How did that go? Was there a note in that one? Was there, you know, did you forget that? Was that good? Did you remember to say everything? Do you have everything still in the car? Yeah. <laughs> did you take your merchandise home yeah. with you? <laughs> did you pick up the check? Yeah. All the important things. <laughs> yeah. I also noticed as I was researching that you've been known to sing national anthems, or you used to do that quite frequently. Where is your yes. favorite place to sing the national anthem? Oh, my gosh. Well, um, I love doing it for Comerica Park, for Ooh. the Detroit Tigers. Please That's, let me know next time you're doing that. I will. Um, I think I've done it 12 times now for them. Usually, like, once a year I'll do it. And this past year was the first year I didn't wasn't able to schedule something with them. Um, I've done it at, I just, I did it for the Somerset Patriots this year over in New Jersey, Mm. um, which is, was a really cool stadium as well. I've done it for, gosh, so, oh, I did it for eight seasons for the Port Huron hockey teams that were up there. Um, I did it at, uh, the palace outside a walk for autism, which is a huge one, a humongous one that I did. And uh, that was really fun. I've done it for walk for cancer. I've done it. I've done it a Lots lot. Lots of places, but Comerica yeah. Park wins. Oh, Comerica Park. I got to tell you, one of my previous guests and somebody I've been supporting since I stumbled into her that way, watching her sing the national anthem, didn't know who she was, looked at the screen and I'm like, I got to write that name down and look her up when I get <laughs> home. And I did. And I didn't even realize she was still in high school at the time. Wow. Alison Albrecht. Do you oh, know? Yeah. yeah. She's wonderful. What a, what a great I've done a show with her. In fact, I did a show with her and Chris DuPont. At 20 Front Street. There we go. With Alex Shire. There yeah. we go. You, you were there, were you I not? I was there. Yeah. yeah. So it can happen. People can discover you there, too. Yeah. Keep doing it. So new music. What's coming up? So um, I don't have it. Um, I don't have any plans at this moment to release a new album. Um, I need to find the funding bunny, the magic funding bunny for that. There's one of those? Yeah. <laughs> I'm still along. looking. Yeah. Where are you? It's a squirrel, um, I think. But I, I was thinking this would be a good year to release a single at least. Um, and, you know, um, I have to decide which one that would be. Uh, but I've been writing a lot, writing a lot in Nashville, writing through Zoom, FaceTime, um, so that I have lots to choose from. So, <laughs> If you want any feedback from an industry person, you can, or feel free to send me demos. I'm happy Perfect. to give you feedback. Okay. And we'll you're going to play that. one of these new ones now? Yes. Um, I wrote this. This sounds like a relationship song. Um, it kind of turned into that, but it's not where it started. I wrote this song with Dave Gibson. Um we were standing outside the local in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, getting ready to write the next day. And uh, we were talking about writing and how much we both love it. And he said something along the lines of, I, would, I don't know what I would do if I, if I didn't write music. He said, you know, I've, I've gone and done all these other things, he said, but it always turns back to writing music. That's what I want to do. Um, and he's done okay with it. He's got six number ones. So, <laughs> yeah, what's the song <laughs> and tons called? Tons of other cuts. This one's called "My Heart Always Yearns for You." I made a lot of hard luck turns. Seen a lot of bridges burn But baby, one thing I have learned is true My heart always yearns My 
some lonely roads Gave my heart and lost my soul Looking for love with someone new My heart always yearns My heart always yearns for you You passing through But my heart always yearns My heart always yearns for you That's what you Thank want. Thank you. Yes, yes. It's beautiful. We, we um, when we wrote that, we recorded it just initially as a guitar vocal, uh, as a dem, as a duo, uh, a duet. I'm sorry, and uh, I, I really think that's kind of how I want to record it. Uh, he's got this wonderful whiskey cigar voice that <laughs> is just just a great voice, and I think it would be a fun duet to sit, to do. <laughs> Maybe if it's not too late in. Uh... <laughs> By the time you record it, there's the artist from Michigan who's going to blow up next beyond Billy Strings is Myron Elkins, if you haven't heard his stuff yet. All right, he, I'll check it out. Dave Cobb produced his new album. Oh, I just know got, who Dave is, yeah. It's got released on major label, and he was just one of the, you know, little indie nice. young singer, country-ish songwriter, and grab him while you can. I will check it <laughs> this out. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. So you've written a lot of final questions here. Final question. You've written a lot with people like the, uh, Mr. Gibson there. Do you have people that are on your wish list? Oh, gosh. Well, that are yeah. attainable. Attainable. Oh, come on. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> Brandy. Of course, Brandy. Yeah, of course. And the Hemsworth twins, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's they, just they all goes together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about Dolly? There's, okay. you know, I'm, I'm just not going to, you know, when, when you say attainable, um, that sets a limit on it. Well, then take it off. <laughs> Let's go, Dolly. Let's go, Brandy. Go ahead. <laughs> There's, there are. That's Why not? It. Or Brandy Clark. She's wonderful, too. I mean, There's a million great writers. Gretchen Peters, uh, Patty Griffin. Mm. I absolutely love Patty Griffin. Um, there's Lee Bryce. There's, gosh, so many. Uh, let's just, all of them. I just okay. want to be prolific. <laughs> I I see you. Uh, you've got 
Andalicia has used this term many times, the total package. Oh. I mean, you've got you've got all the pieces in place. You're a super sweet human being. You've written great songs. You've got a beautiful voice. You're beautiful. Your performance, your your storytelling, it's all like everything. You have you have all the pieces. Oh. There's no reason for you not to have whatever success you need to have. So Well, thank you, John. Thank you for making time to be on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. It's always a good time talking to you. Thank you. February 3rd, Trinity House in Livonia. If you're near there, it's a full band show with their band, The Rogues. How about the Sylvan Lake show? Is that a solo or is that a band that's show? That's a solo. Solo show. So, so if you prefer yeah. this style of, of Julianne's performing, that's how you get it. Yes. Travel to Memphis or North Carolina or wait for some more Michigan shows because they're going to yeah. happen. And you know, that band that I'm playing with, The Rogues, my band, they're a bunch of amazing, amazing, talented performers. And when we all get together and do this now, we've been doing it for so long, it's like, just awesome time. So come on out and see that too. I love it. Love playing with them. Thank you again. Thank you to Grove Studios for being a, an excellent host and allowing me to do what I do here. Well, actually, it's not allowing me. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> it is possible for you to do a podcast here as well if you're watching or listening to this and you're into the idea. It doesn't have to be what I do. You can talk about whatever subject you're good at talking about. <laughs> if you're a musician, come practice here. Come make noise here instead of in your garage and not annoy your neighbors. <laughs> Julianne, good luck out there on the road, and I'm sure we will cross paths again soon. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. More Acoustic Alternative podcasts coming soon. As I mentioned, the next one will be Kylie Phillips and Chris DuPont together.